0: Hey there. Welcome to Football with Grant Wall. Thanks so much for joining me. Our interview guest today is U.S. Women's National Team winger Mallory Pugh. Before we get going, you can sign up for a subscription to my writing site at grantwall.com. It has all my writing, including magazine-style stories and on-site coverage of the men's and women's game. That's grantwall.com. Now, here's my interview with Mal Pugh. Our guest now is lighting it up in the NWSL and just rejoined the U.S. women's national team for two friendlies against Colombia ahead of next month's CONCACAF World Cup and Olympic qualifying tournament. Mallory Pugh has six goals this season for Chicago and will play for the U.S. against Colombia this Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1. Mal, congratulations on everything you're doing and thanks for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me.
0: So you're back home in your home state of Colorado for this U.S. game. (laughs) What's it like for you to play in front of your home fans?
1: I always think it's like the most special, um, honestly, because like you're at the highest level and like you're playing with the best of the world. And then getting to do that in front of like your family and friends is just like so special. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to do it, I think, two times before. So And each game was just, like, so special. So I'm looking forward to Saturday.
0: So let's talk numbers. How many people are you going to have at the game?
1: A lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Me and Lindsay. it was so funny. Me and Lindsay were, like, texting all of everyone about, like, hey, are you using your tickets? Like, can we have your tickets? So um, I think we actually, like, are both able to get as many tickets as we need. So it all worked out. But, yeah, then I think the game's sold out or close to being sold out. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really special.
0: Well, you mentioned Lindsay Horan, who actually was just on my podcast a couple of weeks ago around the champions league final that Leon won. And it seems like Colorado players are sort of taking over the world. (laughs) Uh, How far back do you go
1: with Lindsay? Yeah, I, so in club, like I never actually like played against her, Um, I think she was, I think she's like four years older than me, but I first met Lindsay in our, it was her U20 cycle. So we went to world cup in Canada, um, in I think 2014 together. So we've been friends ever since. And yeah, I look up to her with a lot of things that I do. She's one of my best friends and yeah.
0: I'm always curious about soccer hotbeds. And it seems like Colorado, the state of Colorado has produced quite a bit of soccer talent over the years in the men's game, but maybe even more so in the women's game. What's happening in Colorado that produces this talent?
1: Yeah, that's a great that's a great point because it is, um, I mean, there's four of us here right now that are from Colorado. And I think that just goes to show like the youth soccer system here is just so special. Um, and I know me, um, Soph, and Jay were all very fortunate to have great coaches growing up. And um, I think Real just like has a huge, huge contribute um, just to how we play now and just everything that we like are as a player. I think that I can't really speak for Lindsay because she played for Rush, which is like our rivals. But I don't know. I think. Um it is funny just to see like see how many people are coming out of Colorado and like even like the girls younger than Soph and Jay. Um it's really special and I don't know, maybe it's the altitude that we're able to like more. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: I don't know. So I wanted to ask you about something that Vlad Mandinowski, the US coach, said last week in his media conference around the announcement of this roster and he gave you this giant public vote of confidence and basically said, you know, Mal's gonna start and, and I, I plan on using her as a starter and I don't see that changing uh, this window at all. Um, what does that mean to get that much of a, a vote of confidence from the coach when there's so much talent, obviously in the U S team.
1: Right. I think there's obviously this environment is like very competitive. And I think that trying to bring that competitiveness each and every day in training, um, is just like the way you have to do it, whether, whether you are starting or you're not like you have to, it's like fight or die environment. And I think that's what makes it so special. So, I don't know. I feel like it, um, like my mindset ever since I got on this team, it just, it, it hasn't really changed. It's like you, you fight for your spot and, um, there's other people's fighting for that spot. And, but again, I think that's the beauty of it and it is a crazy environment, but, um, yeah, I think that it's just, it's what makes this team like go and, um, what has made us so successful
0: you know it's awesome to see you doing this well both in the league with the national team and it's a little bit of a reminder i think to everyone fans and media alike and everyone that like progress in this sport is not a linear deal because you know i remember covering you at the 2016 olympics and i know you weren't on the olympic roster last year and wanted to get a sense from you about how you've approached that, what has led to what you're doing now at such a
1: high level. Yeah. I think looking back at it, I think that, that being off that roster, not being on this team for a little bit was probably a huge blessing in disguise. And at the time I didn't really, I was at the time, anyone is like, what is going on? Like, how do you get through this? But, um, I think, I think any athlete, like you just need adversity, um, you need it. And it just grows your character, um, as much as it can impact you on the field. And I think for me, it made me realize how much it made me learn a lot about myself and, um, like as a person. And then I think that translated to be me being me on the field. So, yeah, I think it was obviously, at the time it was like really hard and tough but also I saw the positives out of it and I ran with those and um, yeah I don't know I was kind of going with the flow
0: <laughs> yeah no it's, it's really cool i mean like i wonder who were there any particular things that someone said to you during the the tough stretches or anything that really stood out to you that that helped you either from a, from a mental approach or even, you know, changing your routine or or doing anything differently to prepare?
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was like a whole, like, it was like a whole body, like mind, soul, physical, like literally shift. It was crazy. Um, I think, yeah, mentally, like I work with a sports psych um, more so like not even a sports psych because I've learned to come like, or learn to see that me as a person, like off the field is if that is like whole and complete, then you're going to see that on the field. So, um, really just like working more. So it wasn't even like soccer related, like soccer is like the easy and fun part. You know, I think there was just like a bunch of other stuff that I made like a big deal and it shouldn't have been a big deal. So, um, yeah, I feel like I kind of like, I say to people, like I, I stepped away and I feel like it was, it was good because I was able to like, realize what is important in my life. And like, um, and then also like soccer is a game, you know, and like, we're all very blessed and fortunate to be able to play this game as a job. And we were all given this platform um, to like, be positive and change the world so i think that looking at it like that and not so much as like the stresses that come with it i think that really helped shift a lot too.
0: No that's fascinating and i appreciate you sharing that. I mean like in terms of the non soccer stuff that you felt like you needed to work through like what what was that? What was the stressful stuff?
1: Yeah, i think i think just realizing like i think i put soccer as like I identified myself as like soccer, like that's it, you know? And I feel like when you get wrapped up in just that, like I'm everyone is like so much more than just like a soccer player or a football player, or whatever, you know? And the more I was able to like connect with all those different things and like not put soccer like at the top, I feel like I was able to like become more whole and complete. So then obviously that translated to on the field, if that makes sense.
0: It does. And I talk about this actually with my wife a lot, which is like trying not to define ourselves just by what we do work-wise. And um, it sounds like that can be a helpful thing for a lot of people. Um, for and, sure. Yeah. And, and also learning that just because you're really good at something even in your job doesn't mean you always enjoy it. (laughs) And so uh, there's something to that as well. Um, When you say sports psychologist, who, who, who do you work with? Who have you worked with?
1: Yeah. His name is Dr. Armando Gonzalez. Um, He founded the like um, foundation it's called cheat code. And he works with a lot of different people. Like he works with a lot of athletes. Um, He works with I got connected um, to him through my fiance. And so he, he works with a bunch of different people. He works with singers. He, so it's really cool too, because he just, he doesn't like, he doesn't know soccer, you know, like he, he kind of gets it, but he's so good at what he does. And it's like, what he does is like finding you and like you as a whole. Um, And then also like, working through whatever life might throw at you. Um, So yeah, I meet with him like once a week and sometimes he does this method called like brain spotting and it's super interesting. It's just, you are like listening to this bilateral music and it's like kind of rewiring your brain and like the way the connections and everything work. I don't know the exact terms, but it works. Um, It's amazing. And so, yeah, I, work with him like probably once a week sometimes do that sometimes don't so yeah it's it's been great it's literally changed my life so
0: that's really cool I was going to ask you later on here for any listener who has been like not been living under a rock your fiance Mm -hmm. is Dansby Swanson from the Atlanta Braves Um, Mm -hmm. and I was going to ask you like how have you sort of influenced each other you're both professional athletes uh, in terms of how you know helpful things to approaching the way you do your sports.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like looking back over the past, like four years, I feel like we've both have grown so much in our careers. And it's funny because I feel like Dansby now he's like, he's like fig- finally figured out what works for him. And I feel like I have too. Um, I don't know how that process like went down. I think it was just again, probably with Armando cause we both work with him. Um, but yeah, it's, it is nice having baseball world and soccer world are like completely different, obviously, but um, having someone that he's very competitive. So he gets, he gets the competitiveness um, aspect of everything. And he's like such a winner and all he wants to do is win. So taking tidbits of that, from him is always helpful.
0: Um, I wanted to ask you just about your thoughts on the current state of the U S women's national team, because big games coming up, uh, I'm going to be in Monterey covering that qualifying tournament for the world cup and the Olympics. And there's been a fair amount of change since the Olympics in terms of just who's been called in, you know, that's changed from camp to camp. How do you view things right now with the national team?
1: Yeah, I think the environment is very, very good. I think that Um, it's, it's, I feel like it's nice to have Pino and Alex and Becky and car or, um, Kelly and some like experience because we do have a lot of younger players. And, um, so I think that, I don't know. I, I just think that the vibe is like really good. And, um, I think anytime that you just like feel it and like you have that feeling, I think that hopefully can translate onto the field and going into a major tournament. I think that it's just important just to have um, experience and different different viewpoints of, um, yeah, like experience. I think that it's key and I don't know, I'm just excited to see because I, I do feel like this group is like special um, because there's so much different levels of experience and um, I feel like some of the younger Girls are just—they are very, very talented, and um, again, I think it goes back to the competitiveness part too. That we continue to build.
0: Did you view yourself as a young player at this point? What you're—you're you're 24, right?
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> weird <laughs> because, like, I am like the number is young, but the experience I don't think is that young. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird.
0: <laughs> and in, in terms of the Red Stars and the NWSL, like, it seems like things are going really well there for the whole team, for you with the team, um, new coach, Chris Um mm-hmm. And I, I know you played on, what is it, three different NWSL teams in, in the last few years. Like, yeah. what's going well there? What, what are the factors that go into things going well?
1: Yeah. I think that one part about the red stars and what I've learned over the past year is that like that team just like never loses and they kind of just like go about their business and not really in like the limelight of things. And somehow we make it to the playoffs every year. So hopefully we continue that streak, but, um, yeah, I think it's funny because I feel like the environment there is similar to here, um, just in terms of, we have a bunch of veteran players and then we have a bunch of rookies. So it's also like trying just to like balance that and like figure out their culture with that. But at the end of the day, we are, um, we're getting points and performing. And I feel like every, every game we're we're growing and um, it's a long season. So as long as we continue just to take it, day by day and game by game, I think hopefully we'll be in a good position.
0: It's interesting because um, we're recording this on Tuesday. So last mm-hmm. night here in New York, I had dinner with Brianna Scurry because she's in town mm-hmm. for her book release. And she's, yeah, I saw that. Uh, it's, it's a really good book. Um, and caught up with her, and she's been associated with the team in Washington where you were at one point. And mm-hmm. she's one, she wanted to say hello because I told her I was interviewing you. And <laughs> Two, she also sort of expressed just being a little bummed out that things didn't work out better for you in in DC, yeah. And and wow, I guess my question is like, what determines that? Like, what right. are some of the things that determine whether like something works out well or or not?
1: Yeah, I I actually was talking to someone the other day about this. I think you see it all the time in sports. I feel like you see it in football and basketball a lot that people will make like people will be on a team and like, they're not performing or whatever. And then they kind of, you just have to like, find the right fit, you know? Um, And I think that for me, that was Chicago. And um, I don't know, I feel like it helped me be able to going there last year. Like I had a lot of, veteran players on the team. And I think that helped like so much because I was able just to like take a step back and like all eyes weren't on me, you know? And so that I feel like that was probably the, the biggest thing um was just being surrounded by a bunch of experience and um the the competitive training environment. Again, I keep touching on, but um I think that that was like the biggest thing um, that I found to kind of like help me between the two.
0: So we're wrapping up here with Mal Pugh. Really appreciate the time. I guess I would just ask to end things. This equal pay deal got done recently uh, with the US Women's National Team, fully on equal pay terms now with the US men's team. Their new CBA came out and that includes FIFA prize money. And mm-hmm. just wanted to get your sense of, of what your thoughts were on the end of a very long process.
1: I think the first thing I can say is that I'm very grateful um, because I know that there's been a lot of work from our PA that has gone into this. So I think that just like having a grateful heart and like just being able to actually like change um, and see the change and like be a part of the change and all the people that put in their, hours and all of this stuff like it it was crazy so um yeah i think that i was obviously a young player when all of this started and so to like see it come full circle is just really cool and then i think too hopefully it just continues just to grow the women's game um and continue just to yeah just grow it and have young players be able to get even more than what we do now for all the hard work and um, the time that they put into their craft.
0: Malapu and the U.S. Women's National Team play Columbia this Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1. Mal, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening
0: to Football with Grant Wall. I'd like to thank Mal Pugh as well as producer Chris Whittingham. You can now sign up for a free or paid subscription to my newsletter at grantwall.com. The best way to support my work is by taking out a paid subscription. See you next time.